Welcome to the Carter Report. With the world becoming crazier every day, a sane person would ask, what can we really believe? Is there something solid and stable we can hold on to? Is there anything we can teach our children and grandchildren with certainty? What is the greatest threat facing the survival of our home, our nation, and our civilization? Here's John Carter with the ultimate guide to stability and sanity. Why do you believe our society and our entire civilization is in jeopardy? Wayne, Wayne Hackett, thank you for asking that question. Wayne is a part of the Carter Report team. What a wonderful team member and his beautiful wife, Marilyn. So thank you for being a part of our team. And thank you, my friends, for being a part of our team around the world. Welcome, my friends, to our home. We're celebrating this week Beverly's birthday. We're just a tiny little crew here. I've got our son David here. He's on the camera. <laughs> Beverly's there taking care of me. And you are our family. So welcome today. And the question is, why do I think society is in jeopardy? Do I really think this? I absolutely do. I think society is facing a tremendous crisis because it's a crisis over what is truth. A lot of people say, you got your truth, I got my truth, who cares? Everybody can have his own truth. I don't believe this. Remember Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. There is such a thing as truth. You need to answer these questions. This is terribly important. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? A lot of people say, well, everybody, well, we just, we don't know. But there is a book that tells us where we came from. It tells us why we are here, and it tells us where we are going. There's another tremendously important question. Who am I? Am I simply just the product of time plus matter plus chance? Am I second cousin to a monkey? <laughs> or am I a soul made in the image of God? So, you, Wayne, your question is tremendously important and pertinent. Do I think society today is in chaos and in jeopardy? I suggest, I don't want to offend any person. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm simply trying to be obedient to my calling to tell the truth. I believe in the truth. But look at how the world regards human sexuality. Well, not the whole world, but many people in the world regard human sexuality, which gets to the very core of a person's being. Today we've got pansexuals. I'm not criticizing any of these people. We have omnisexuals and lesbians and asexuals and aromantics and bisexuals and transsexuals and polysexuals and heterosexuals and homosexuals and LGBTIQ. I want to say this before we go any further today because some people are going to get mad with me. 
but I believe that God loves everybody. I believe that God loves everybody, whoever you are, whatever the color of your skin and whatever your sexuality. I believe in John 3.16, that tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I believe in a God of love. But I also believe in truth because God is the great originator of truth. And I would say to the people who disagree with me on these questions of morality, I would say this to them, you can disagree with me, you can dislike me, but I will love you because God loves you. And I want to say something else to you, my friend, if you will consider me your friend. I will say this to you. I believe in freedom of speech. You certainly have it. I notice particularly today with the extremes in America, with the extreme left wing and the extreme right wing, all those people believe very much in freedom of speech, very strong on freedom of speech for themselves. But not for you, not for me. I believe in freedom of religion. I believe that I have the right. You listening? I believe that I have the right to publicly preach the word of God even if it offends some people because Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free and the world is in a mess because people have gotten away from the truth. That's it. Is there a different viewpoint that you believe is valid? I notice that people who have extreme viewpoints, in my opinion, from the left and the right, who believe they have the right to teach those ideas, even to my grandchildren and your children, they're pushing all the time to get these views into our public schools in Australia, and in other places around the world. They believe that they've got the right to dominate the ideas that are taught to our children. I believe that I have the right to teach what I believe is the truth, even though I will offend some of them, whom I am determined to love in spite of the fact that they may not love me. Now, what alternative worldview do I offer to you? Here it is. The worldview that has worked very well for thousands of years. The worldview that this book that we call the Scriptures is true. It worked very well for thousands of years. When people believed in right and wrong, and we believed that we were children of God, not children of some creature that came down from the trees. You see, I don't believe my ancestors came down from the trees. I believe I came from the hand of God. Now, I'm not asking you to believe this without evidence, but today I am proposing to give you some evidence why I believe that the alternative viewpoint that comes from this book 
the ancient Hebrew Christian scriptures, the Bible, is true, valid. And these viewpoints are certainly worth our most serious contemplation and consideration. Will you simply give me a hearing? That's all I'm saying today. Can we not simply talk about these things? Can we stop shouting each other down? And can we simply consider that there may be an alternative, there could be a different viewpoint to the one that you and I may be holding at this moment? Can you give us some real reasons to believe, some evidence that the Bible is not a fairy tale? You may be surprised, but there are many reasons. I was talking to a young man the other day who was going off to university and uh, we were working together in my yard. I said, do you believe in God? No, he said, I don't believe in God. He doesn't exist. Oh, he doesn't exist. I said, who made all this around us here? Oh, he said, well, it made itself. No, he said, science made it. <laughs> he said, science made it. I said to him, calling him by his name, because he's a fine young man. I said, science tells us how things work. It may even tell us how old things are. You know, it may even tell us some of those things on occasions. But science doesn't tell us why. He said, no, it doesn't, does it? No, I said, it doesn't tell us why. But there is a book that tells us why. There's a book that tells us where we came from, why we're here, where we're going. And most importantly, it tells us who we are. Now, I can give you, if you'll listen to me, if you'll be patient with me, if together we can be intellectually and morally honest, I can give you tremendous reasons why this book is the real deal and authentic. I can give you real reasons. I can give you historical reasons. I can give you heaps of arguments. No, no, not arguments. I can give you facts from archaeology. Don't have time to do that now. But today I am going to give you some facts from an, an unusual source that you'll find intriguing and interesting. The prophecies make the Bible different from other so-called holy books. What can you tell us about the prophecies of the Bible. Well, this may surprise you, but this book, the Bible, which has been the foundation of Western civilization. People say, oh, is that so? Yes, it is so. Today we're dealing with a tremendous amount of ignorance in the world, especially in the universities. This book claims to have the capacity to tell the future. It claims to be a book of genuine prophecy. And as one great philosopher said, if genuine prophecy exists, then the main issues of our age are met. I could show you prophecies as I've shown to millions of people in Russia and Ukraine. In those days, they still had a brain left. They studied and they read. They were not superficial people. They'd gone through terrible persecution. Persecution makes people strong. Western society on the whole has made us a race of weaklings. But I can show you prophecies, amazing prophecies, that at least to those people and millions of other people around the world are absolute evidence that the Bible is true. Let me give you a few 
examples, if I may. Daniel 9.25. This was written about two and a half thousand years ago. It was written in the city of Babylon by a young prisoner of war. Daniel 9.25 says, here it is. Know and understand this from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes. There will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. Well, you say, that's gobbledygook. No, it's not. Come on. Let's use the stuff up here. Let's use the little, let's use the little gray cells, shall we? (laughs) Here it talks about the coming of the Messiah, that is the Christ. It says, from the decree to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the anointed one, comes, there will be 69 sevens. You can read it yourself. Go, go get a Bible. 69 sevens or 483 years. Now Jerusalem had been overthrown by the Babylonians. You know that. Then there came this Persian king by the name of Artaxerxes Longjamanus. How would you like to have a name like that? <laughs> sure beats John Carter. Artaxerxes Longjamanus. And in the year 457 BC, he made a decree that Jerusalem should be completely restored. If you add 483 years onto those 400, back to 457 BC, it brings you through to 27 AD. You say, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. You say, well, can you prove? Yes, yes, I can prove it to you. It's, It's a fact. From 483 years added on to 457 BC, brings us through to 27 AD, and you've got to recognize there's no year zero in the, you see, you go from 1 BC to 1 AD. So it brings you through to 27 AD. So what happened in 27 AD, you ask me? Luke, who was a doctor, in his book, in chapter 3, says that Jesus appeared in his public role in the land of Israel in 27 AD. He writes down the dates. He says, the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, 27 AD. That's when Jesus started his preaching. He got baptized, went out preaching. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and the time is fulfilled. Think of it. 500 years previous, it had been predicted that the Messiah would appear in 27 AD. Jesus appeared in 27 AD. The prophecy came to pass. Hey, there must be a God. The Bible must be true. What do you think? That was a long, long time ago. Is this truth stable? Something that won't change over time? Of course it was very long ago. But we've got history. We know ancient history. We know about the Caesars. We know about the Babylonians. We know about the Assyrians. We've got the cuneiform tablets. We've got the scrolls. I bless my soul. These facts can be proven according to the ancient writings. Jesus was a real person. Even Richard Dawkins, 
the most famous atheist in the world, has made a confession. Richard Dawkins, who has written the book, The God Delusion, which is a delusion. (laughs) Richard Dawkins has come out and said, yes, I confess Jesus was a real person of history. Thank you, Richard. There was a Jesus. He started his preaching in 27 AD according to the word of God and according to the prophecy of Daniel chapter 9. When the atheists heard these things in Russia and Ukraine, they said, thank God there is a God. I know where I came from. I know why I'm here. I know where we're going. Today, we are talking about the facts, not fairy tales. Are there other prophecies in Daniel 9 that go beyond human explanation? Yes, there are. When I first read these prophecies, I was completely blown away. It talks about the city of Jerusalem being destroyed because the people back there had murdered the Messiah. It actually talks about it right here in Daniel chapter 9. It talks about the destruction of the city and the destruction of the temple, which was in Jerusalem. It also says that there'd be a certain type of person who would destroy the temple. It says the people of the prince who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. It says the people of the prince. The prince was Titus. Titus was in charge of the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, but he wanted to save the temple because he said, it's the temple of almighty God. And he rushed down to the temple site where the Roman soldiers were filled with rage against the Jews and wanted to destroy the temple. And he said, I forbid you to destroy the temple. But they wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen to their prince. They wouldn't listen to the man who was eventually to become the Caesar. And they burnt the temple down exactly as the prophecy said. The people of the prince who shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. All of this was written hundreds of years before it came to pass. I don't want you to believe it, my friend, because I'm telling it to you. I want you to believe it because I'm giving you facts. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And when you have the truth and when you are free, you will be happy because you will know who you are. Do you want to know who you are? You're not second cousin to a monkey. You didn't come down from the trees. You're a child of God. And Jesus, the creator God, came to this earth because he loves you. You are precious. You are important. It would help if there were more prophecies about Christ. Then we'd have more confidence in what you are saying. The Bible is full of prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. It was predicted a thousand years before Christ was born that the Messiah would be crucified. And in those days, crucifixion had not been invented. In the days of the book of Psalms, it says here, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, Here we go, Psalm 22, verse 16 says, Dogs have surrounded me, a band of evil men has encircled me, They have pierced my hands 
and my feet. This is talking about crucifixion. When these words were written, they didn't crucify people. Christ was crucified. Then the prophecies tell us other things. He'd be be betrayed by a friend. They would gamble over his cloak. It was predicted that he would be raised from the dead. And he was raised from the dead. Hundreds of people saw Jesus. These are facts. We're talking here about prophecy and we're talking about the facts of history. I believe not because of blind faith. I believe, my friend, because of overwhelming evidence. You've been to Russia and Ukraine 49 times. What impressed you the most? Yeah, been to Russia 49 times, Russia and Ukraine. I was working it out the other day. I think actually it's 50 times. (laughs) I've been blessed to go to those places. What impressed me the most? I went there during the heyday of communism and atheism. Life without God is very bleak and dreary and lonely. A man came up to me once in Moscow when communism was falling and he raised his hands. He could speak English. He said, this is the hell that we have created. Terrible depression, terrible alcoholism. Why do we have so many suicides today in the, rest, in the Western world? Why are so many young people taking their lives? Life without God. Why so much violence, life without God? Why so much domestic violence, life without God? Why so many mental problems, life without God? As Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, the great Russian patriot of the 20th century, he said, we have rejected God and all these things have come upon us. 70 million people murdered in Russia and Ukraine. We turned a beautiful place into a hell. Life without God. Is there an alternative to the view that says that there's nothing, that there is no God, and every man is is his own law? Yes, there is. Belief in God. Belief in Jesus, belief in scripture, belief in marriage, belief in the Ten Commandments, believe in the holy laws of God, believe in the teachings of the Bible, belief in the Beatitudes, belief in the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I say to you, my friend, there is a better way than the way of the chaos that we find in the world today. It is the way of God. It is the way of Christ. It is the way of the commandments. I say to you, believe in the God who believes in you. Amen and God bless you. If we base our faith on this evidence, will it help us to live a saner, more stable life. Truth is important. We don't want to be like the blind man who says there's no sun. 
Truth is important because truth gives us the ability to see beyond the present. Truth gives us the ability to see ultimate reality. You see, the great theologian, the Roman Catholic theologian who lived many years ago, St. Augustine was absolutely correct when he said, our souls were made for God and they cannot rest until they rest in him. Inside us there is a vacuum, there is this loneliness. You see it everywhere in the world today. That's why people are trying this and trying this, trying this sexual development, trying this development, trying this philosophy. People are on a crazy search trying to find ultimate reality. But ultimate reality is found in the truth of God. Our souls were made for God. They cannot rest until they rest in him. My friend, I can give you my own personal testimony. I was a young teenager, lost and lonely, until I found that there was a God. And he came in and he filled the, the hole in my heart. I've seen it happen in the lives of hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of atheists, unbelievers, communists, Marxists around the world, but particularly in Russia and Ukraine where the communists were in charge. I've seen the, the depression, the loneliness, the hopelessness, the despair. But when you find God, you find everything Everything, everyone that you need. Jesus said, you'll know the truth. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. I give you a special kind of peace. I invite you to have this peace by believing in the God who made you. You are special. You are important. You are loved. You can now stay in touch with the Carter Report by using the mobile app. The latest Carter Report programs will be at the top. Select one and press watch. Scroll up through the topics. Find a topic you like and then scroll to the left to select a program to play. Tap on that program to watch. Now you can enjoy hundreds of Carter Report programs on your phone or tablet. In each program, Pastor Carter will teach you more about your walk with Christ. We have six channels. Our most recent is Focus on Prophecy. We also have Carter Classics, Ask John Carter a Question, The Carter Report in Action, The Living Word, and Carter Report Espanol. You may want to search for something specific. On the top of the screen is a magnifying glass icon. Tap it and type the subject you are looking for. Then tap on the lesson. You'll see three menu bars in the upper left-hand corner. Tap the bars to open a menu of additional items to select. If you'd like to partner with us, you can find our donation page. An arrow in the upper left-hand screen will take you back to the screen you were at before. Like anything new worth finding, it takes a bit of exploration. You will tap and swipe your finger across, above and below topics, programs, arrows, 
and icons. Eventually, you'll be very familiar with the Carter Report mobile app, all from your favorite chair. Enjoy the Carter Report anytime, anywhere, on the Carter Report mobile app. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.